This is the audio version of the podcast um, called How to Overcome Speed Bumps to Manifest What You Want. Uh, learning how to manifest what you want in life is all about getting uh, laser focused on, on what you want, you know, surrounding yourself with positive energy that will come back to you tenfold. Now, most people think hard work is how you get what you want, but it's not. There's a huge amount of getting what you want that involves you and your energy and your thoughts and your process, but there are speed bumps to it. And I think quite often people talk about what, um, what to do to make it happen without talking about what not to do to not make it happen, if you understand what I'm saying. They talk about this is, these are the steps to manifest what you want, but they don't say these are the steps to overcome the things that will prevent you doing the steps to get what you want. So let's just talk about a few things. We're not talking to the negative, we're talking to the positive here. Um, speed bump number one in getting what you want in life, absolutely highest priority number one, stands tall above all the others, is limiting beliefs. Now, beliefs are things that you are really certain about. You think these are real, these are absolutely true. Like, uh, for example, going bike riding is good for you, or fresh air is good for you, or um, having a swim in the ocean is really healthy, or having a holiday is really important to the family, or playing with the kids on the weekend is really important. These are beliefs. Now, as good as they are, they can also be bad. To say, uh, I'll never get successful, or someone's always gonna steal from me, or um, uh, people won't like me if they really knew me, or um, uh, I don't look attractive, or I'm overweight. There are lots and lots of negative limiting beliefs that when it comes time to doing your vision statement and comes time to doing your goals, if those limiting beliefs are, uh, are as concrete in certainty as those positive beliefs that you have that you know, you'd love to go to France one day or you'd love to go and see a whale in the Antarctic or something of the sort. If those negative beliefs are, are, are limiting you, they are very poisonous and they absolutely come first and highest in the priority to working out what would limit you getting what you want. Um, nobody treats you worse than you treat yourself. So if you want to know what your limiting beliefs are, just look at the way your children or your spouse or your boss treats you and they are telling you about your limiting beliefs. It's, all, it's no good saying, oh, I'm blaming other people for treating you bad because they're just treating you as you treat yourself. So the way to overcome your limiting beliefs is to put the 12 people we've talked about through the discard process. The second part of this is the speed bump, number two, rewrite your story. So what is all psychology, all therapy, all workshops, all motivation, all seminars, everything, everything, everything got to do with, it's got to do with the words you talk to yourself. You've got a voice going on in your own head 24 seven. That voice is completely isolated from every other voice in the world. In other words, it's your voice. And if the voice in your head is the self-talk, in other words, is limit, is uh, negative, is critical, or it's, uh, it's accusing other people, um, blaming other people, then 
there's very little hope of all the external reinforcement that we can use to get what we want getting through that fog. So the second speed bump is uh, the necessity to make sure you rewrite your self-talk. And we do that with the Walker um, parent-adult-child process. The third sp speed bump is to shift your focus. So um, it's really important here to, to know that the size of your questions determines the size of your life. So a person with a very small life will be asking whether you want butter on your toast or whether you want uh, the back door shut or the back door open or whether you want to go to the, to the, to the, to the movies tonight or tomorrow or, or uh, whether you want a, a straight back chair or a bent chair. The size of their questions determines the size of the life that they've got. So the size of our own questions determines the size of our life too. So a person with a global vision will be asking global questions of themselves and others. Uh, the person with a local vision uh, will be asking local questions and the smaller the questions, the more trivial, the more trite the questions, the smaller the life of that person. Now, now I know small things matter. I'm, I'm the first one to agree that being grateful starts with the very small things. So asking small questions is really nice in the world of mindfulness and being in the now. But when it comes to manifestation, small questions lead to small answers and small answers lead to small vision. So the size of your questions determines the size of your life. So shifting your focus from a local vision to a global vision, uh, which, which is needed for a good vision quest or a, um, or a, a, a decent sense of purpose, um, is really important. We call that the emotional shower, the Walker emotional shower process to keep your focus out of the mud. Um, and the way we and the, the way we keep it out of the mud permanently, we listen to the metaphor. We, we say when you pull a weed, plant a flower. In other words, if you see the balance in something and you finally let go of some belief you have or some uh, small question you have, instead of pulling the weed out and going, oh, that's done, you stick a flower, which is typically an affirmation or a word of, a word, a poem or a, some words of confidence that replace the thought that you had. So use the emotional shower to think big. We call that helicopter thinking, remember? Number four, create healthy habits. Um, it's all very good for a person to be talking about um, having a, a global purpose or a global vision and having big questions. It's all very well, but if you, if you follow that person around with a camera and see what their habits are, do they slouch at the desk? Do they, um, are they grateful for what they've got? Are they, do they get out into nature? Do they walk um, briskly uh, with purpose? Do they, um, uh, are they sloppy? Uh, is their desk untidy? The habits we have, the clutter and the environment we create around us is absolutely a mind-bending influence on our ability to manifest. Clutter creates a cluttered brain and clutter reflects a cluttered brain. So keeping everything pristine. I even spoke to people about removing computers from the front-facing desk that you have and making sure that, that 
if you if you do have an office make with in these days of not having offices but if you do have an office make sure when you're talking to another person there is no computer between you and them um, so use the walker chi process when you get up in the morning to visualize your 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 goals to visualize what you're doing to connect with nature to appreciate the growth of nature in the micro and the macro um, and take a small walk with gratitude so the fifth one is surrounding yourself with success losers surround themselves with losers you always see especially down here in bondi you see groups of people of like mind always hang out together so if you are aspiring to manifest something you need to be hanging out with people who are aspiring to manifest something hopefully the group you're hanging out with has already manifested it because that if you piggyback their their world um, that makes it extremely easy for you um, the young what what was it called the young millionaires club uh, it, it uh, was one place that all young entrepreneurs really really wanted to belong to and go on boat trips with and I had many clients who belonged to that association and they were multi-millionaires as a result so energy is contagious um, use the the VIP process which is about um, building out your um, entitlement I think you would call it and by building out your entitlement you feel comfortable energizing and hanging out with people who have what you want who have done what you're going to do the sixth one is a loving relationship my goodness me I struggle to think how some people um, have on the one hand values that are love and that are goodness and kindness and yet they've made a choice their partner hasn't grown and they're stuck in a in a toxic home I fail to see how tolerating that or arguing about it because remember the more you argue with a person the more likely they are to 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 be rigid about where the point they started have you ever met anybody you argued with who changed their mind as a result of the argument They're absolutely not and so there is this thing about shut up um, and put up or pack up and put out to go high, to be a, a manifester and have a global vision you will always stretch relationship boundaries outwards rather than contract them inwards and that's encouraging your partner to go on the journey as well they may not go on the same road as you which may cause um, you to choose to be separate or they may go on a similar road to you whichever it is they need to grow as well as you and and if they don't what you find is two there's a, a pea and a watermelon living in the same freezer box and that's going to be hard to set the temperature last but not least speed bump no no second last but not least is speed bump number seven health and fitness uh, sugar alcohol all the substitutes white carbs they're really important because when we're feeling like shit and we're feeling down on ourselves and feeling depressed these are antidepressants 
products. Um, even though alcohol is known to cause some depression, it is also the thing we go to to relieve it. Having the courage and the strength to say no to sugar and no to alcohol is also having the courage and the strength to confront any negative seeds that may have got caught in your shoe during the last years of your life. And by not drinking and by not going to sugar, those seeds will get bigger uh, and at least you know where they are and you can weed them out. Um, but all of this ultimately comes down to self-respect. Uh, it comes down to looking after yourself, your body. Um, this machine, if this machine breaks down, uh, our tenure here on the planet is not going to be very long. And that's probably means that everything else we're talking about is a waste of time. Last but not least is a fulfilling career. We say, do what you love and love what you do. You say, turn, turn what you, uh, how can I do what I love and love what I do and get paid a fortune for it? There is probably no job on earth that you're going to love 24-7. I love coaching, but it's not easy. It supports and challenges me. And so every job is going to have its challenge and every job is going to have its support. You might get paid more, but they'll expect more. You might work longer hours, but you might feel more um, ownership of the project. Every job's got support and challenge built into it. And therefore, loving your job is more about loving what it delivers to the world. Remember, the size of your questions determines the size of your life. And if you say, what am I making here? What am I doing here? And how is it impacting the planet? How is it impacting the world? How many people are benefiting from my work here? Um, these are really good questions to ask in order to gain fulfillment from your work rather than to be saying, do I like doing this thing that I'm doing today? This is Chris. You have a beautiful day. Bye for now.